Welcome to Cover 4. If you're a Section 4 football fan, this is your podcast. I'm Coach Smith, and I'll be your host. Our guest today is Andrew Laguerre. He is the sports writer for the Elmira Star-Gazette and the Binghamton Press and Sun Bulletin. Welcome, Andrew. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me again, Tim. It's been a long time, no no speak, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> Glad to have you back and appreciate what you do. Section 4 football season preview, and Andrew's going to talk specifically about the teams in the western portion of Section 4 that he covers. I just handed the ball off to you, Andrew. Run with it. All right, let's start with Corning because that the last couple of years, that's been the top program down here. 14 wins their last 16 games, sectional championship two seasons ago, five and a last season. And, you know, would have been great to see them play uh, the likes of Shenango Forks in that little, you know, a little bit of an odd spring season. But certainly Corning was one of those programs that would have loved to have a chance at a sectional run and a state run. But obviously we didn't have that because of COVID. Uh, you know, big news at Corning is they have a new head coach. Mike Johnson Jr. has taken over for George Vicalis. Uh, George led them to two sectional titles, but he's got a new position as an administrator in the Horseheads District, so good luck to him there. Uh, Mike is coached, I think he told me, 32 years total uh, in the Elmira Corning area, 30 seasons coaching football. Uh, he had been an assistant at Corning the last two seasons, and he had been a longtime assistant for the uh, Express and Elmira before that. Uh, basically offensive coordinator, but he has his hands involved in a lot of stuff and, you know, very good coach. Uh, he coached at Corning West until that program merged with Corning East back in 2010. And he led that, you know, the Vikings to two sectional titles. Um, you know, a lot of graduation loss at the skill position, but the good news for uh, a team that runs a double wing and is very reliant on the guys up front is they have four starters back. Uh, on the offensive line, center Dan Casper, guards Chris Mahalke, Grayson Salter, tackle Zach Nelson. Dylan Kennedy is a stud at fullback. Landon Birch, uh, quarterback, and a lot of you know may may know Landon's dad. Matt Birch was a first-round draft pick of the Kansas City Royals back in the day. And, you know, some other good talent like Lucas Zocco, Mason Smith, Dylan Fairchild, Jack Hirsch. So, uh, you know. Like I said, uh, a lot lost to graduation, but with the coaching staff, you know, not just Johnston, but Tim Hughes and some other experienced coaches in just the program they have built, I, I'm looking for Corning to, to, again, do some good things. Starting Friday against the Nithika team has never beat Corning. And, you know, I guess when, when we talk Corning, the, the next logical step is to talk Elmira football. And, uh, you know, Four and two in the spring, but uh, Jimmy McCauley does a great job with that program, and obviously Mike was there with him for a long time. But uh, the Express, it, to me, is sort of the the barometer in this area for football. Um, this is Jimmy's tenth season as head coach. Uh, I, I call him Jimmy. He used to play football for Southside and basketball, and so I covered him back in the day. But uh, I think. You know, even with Elmire's success, maybe a, even a, still a little underrated as a coach. 66 and 24 career record. And I think f four sectional titles. And, you know, 
Elmira, like Corning, Mike Johnson Jr. brought the double wing to Elmira and they still run it and they run it with great success. So, uh, and they get started Saturday afternoon against Binghamton, which has a new coach and Doug Stento is a new old coach for those of you who are aware. He used to coach before Mike Ramil, who's now down in Alabama. So I guess we're starting with a bang, even though Binghamton struggled last year, uh, we're going to get a good gauge of where Elmira stands after, you know, they were four and two in the spring, but they weren't quite as dominant as they have been. So we'll, we'll see if Elmira can, you know, return to that uh, level of prominence that they've enjoyed for so long in this area. Um, big news in Horseheads: We got a new stadium. Uh, so I went, I dug through the archives trying to find the last time they had a new stadium or, you know, when that old grass field with the, with that, super high crown that people notice and sort of the long grass that will pe- people had noticed, but it's been since 1964, since we had a new stadium opening at Horseheads high school. And, you know, I was there last week talking to the superintendent and the athletic director and, and you know, it's a beautiful stadium and facility, you know, lights for the first time in Horseheads, artificial turf for the first time in Horseheads. And what that means is they open up on a Friday night. So we're going to be playing Friday night football and, you know, they got the team to go to the stadium five and one last spring, lost to Corning and opener, and then came back and won their final five games. Uh, really the, the, the player, I, I think the watch is really Riley Loomis senior year, outstanding baseball player as well, but, uh, he's running back safety, uh, one of the hardest hitters you'll find in the secondary, but a, a really high powered runner who, who runs with aggressiveness, and, you know, his baseball teammate, Alex Crisman, one of the best pitchers in Section 4, he's, he's going to be playing quarterback. They lost Ryan Scott to graduation. Ryan won the Ernie Davis Award down here as a top player in our area. But Alex got some time last spring and, and looked good. So I think they have, uh, you know, the quarterback position in steady hands. It's, you know, again, like Corning, a lot a lot lost to graduation at Horseheads. But, uh, I, you know, they seem to be – building a program to follow the likes of Corning and Elmira, you know, the type of program that can sort of maintain success uh, year after year. And I, I guess, you know, uh, talk a little bit about eight man football, because I mentioned Mike Johnston Jr. And Mike's father, Mike Johnston Sr. No surprise there. Uh, 50 years ago, he made his debut as Notre Dame high school football coach, 1971. He was an All-American at uh, Alfred in college and a uh, great player in high school. So his debut, they play Trumansburg at home Saturday night. Uh, I talked to Mike a week or two ago, and he said that game, you know, the, because of the availability of officials, they going to start that game on a Saturday night instead of a typical Friday. So you want to make sure things weren't overstressed in the officiating world. But uh, Mike led the basketball team at Notre Dame to a state championship in 1978. The boys, fantastic coach. Uh, He's 73. I think he's 73 years old off the top of my head, but uh, still brings great energy. And, you know, he was an assistant running the defense when they won sectional and intersectional championships a few years ago. And, uh, he, you know, he told me he also went out and did some recruiting 
of kids, you know, wanting to get, get them out playing football. And, you know, one of them is Owen Stewart, uh, his quarterback, who is, you know, in a very short list of the best pitchers I saw during the spring. So, and I, I did get to see him throw the football a little bit uh, at practice. He, he looked very good. And, uh, you know, yeah, you know, the, uh, another team with a great tradition down here is Thomas A. Edison and now Meyer Heights. And, you know, I got to one of their games last spring and they were as young as young can be. So uh, the good news for Kyle Erickson and company is young in the spring, you know, four or five months later, we're looking at a team that is sort of just continuate, continuing from that spring season right into the quicker fall return. And I think that's going to benefit them. And Kyle is excited about the attitude and, and what they have coming back. They have a lot of kids back from that program and certainly they're going to be improved. And, you know, you tend to look at success at the high school level at wins and losses, but it, it, there's so much more to it than that. And, you know, Kyle talked about the improvement late in the season with, with this group and that's going to carry over and, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll see them be more competitive this fall. And then, you know, Another school down here, Schuyler County School, so to speak, is Watkins Glen Odessa Montour. And they were Trevor Holland's group, that was an interesting team last season. Because if you'll remember, back in the fall, they said, we don't have the budget for high school football this school year. But, you know, it was a sort of roller coaster year in a lot of ways, a little bit of wacky year. They found the money in the budget. They were able to play in the spring. Uh, they won their opener. And then you know, because of COVID issues related to their opponent, they got, they couldn't play the next week, but the bottom line is they finished with a three and one record and uh, you know, they played great football. And again, that's another running attack, but you know, they're, they're a little bit more of a mix with uh, Trevor Holland's son, Cameron playing quarterback, uh, Trayvon Jones, explosive running back. So they got some talent. Uh, we'll see what they do, but uh, I'm looking forward to watching them play in the near future. And as you mentioned, I think uh, I went to Odessa Montour home with Charles Martin Field, which may be one of the few last grass fields in the area, but they'll play most of their home games, I think, at Watkins Glen. I think they just have one game at, up at OM. Yeah, I, I had the opportunity a few years ago, uh, and I think Trevor Holland's son was still the quarterback. He was very young. I think he was a sophomore that year. I had the uh, Susquehanna Valley game that they played. And the whole backfield was all sophomores. And I remember that they were very explosive as sophomores. So I can imagine where they, most of those student athletes are now with staying in the same program and, and progressing and maturing physically and, and mentally as well. Yeah, it's interesting. They made an impression because it's, it was hard to make an impression when you're playing Sus Valley because that team was phenomenal. So, uh, and those kids uh, in that state championship season uh, just really flew to the football. So, uh, you know, kudos to uh, Watkins Glen Odessa for even moving the ball with that group. Yeah, they they actually did a good job in Susquehanna Valley that that particular year. They I watched them. I actually called a few of their games, and they were just like you said, very aggressive to the ball. But they were were smart, you know, lining up in the right positions, had the right techniques to, at the right time, and a lot of that goes to Coach Ford, who was uh, was an excellent coach in the section. But Andrew, thank you very much for taking the time to uh, enlighten our listeners and share some insight and preview with uh, you know the team that you cover. 
And just to let your your uh, listening and reading community know that hopefully Andrew will be back with us at least once, maybe twice, possibly even three more times during the season with a little more in-depth in terms of what's transpiring at that particular point on the calendar and what, what teams are going through. So thanks again, Andrew. Appreciate it. Take care. Yeah, thank you. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe. And remember, tell your friends. Coach Smith says, visit Cover4.com and be the next fan up. In football and life, it's not where we line up, it's where we wind up. Thank you for listening to the Cover 4 podcast.